You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. So, here you are, too foreign for home, too foreign for here, never enough for both. Ijuoma Umebinyo, Diaspora Blues. What makes you smile and adds a spring to your step? What does it mean to belong? And how do we build a home away from home? Diaspora Blues is a show that contemplates what is and what could be. Join Busto and Bigwa every Monday at 2.30 on 3CR Community Radio. Produced by Jan. You're listening to Diaspora Blues, a 3CR radio program produced on Wurundjeri Country. I am Cushy. I feel like I haven't sat in this seat for a while. How are you going, Ayan? I'm going good. I'm going good. I did miss you. I miss you too. I miss you too. I feel like we've been, or for me, I know for myself, I've just been doc busy. Like, I don't think I've been that busy in, in a while. Um, how are you feeling? Have you, You're on break right now for uni or f- mm-hmm. for learning? Yeah. yeah. What have you been up to? Um, I've been looking for work actually. Mm-hmm. So uh, I've just redid my resume and then made it look really pretty. Yeah. Even included a photo. No way. And I'm gonna go very old school today. So I'm gonna go around to a few bookstores and then drop it off. I know, oh I know. Like who does that anymore? But because I, I feel like everything's LinkedIn nowadays. It's yeah, like <laughs> LinkedIn is perfect. But I need something casual, and mm-hmm. a lot of the places that I'm interested in, they're all like send us a resume online but also feel free to come into the store okay so awesome. that's what i'm gonna do oh yeah so been doing admin boring life stuff i know i feel like it's like the grown-up stuff that you're like oh yeah mom and dad like they're oh they do that sort of stuff and then it's like when you're doing it it's like oh my god this is like legit adulting like do you know what i'm saying mm. <laughs> look at us look at us um so i feel like this week what do you have on because i know next week you're going back in Mm-hmm. to uni uh so not next week, oh, week yeah the oh. week after so mm. next week i'll come in and just hang out but mm. you will obviously be presenting mm-hmm. and you have someone special on coming in next week hey? i know i have my dad on and i know that he's probably listening i like forced him to listen because <laughs> mom's always the one to stand and dad's always so busy but i caught a little bit of time to talk about yeah i'm gonna do a little interview with my dad we actually had to do it in the car because he's literally always all over the place but yeah, we did in the car and we just talk about what's it like coming, you know, as a, he's not, because it's a kind of what we're going to be talking today about like student visas and stuff, but, you know, coming in from India to Australia, what that journey looked like for him. Mm. And so it, it obviously that interview is going to hold very dear to my heart, but I think I learned so much just talking to him about it. Um, but yeah, and, and it, it's not as, it's not as grime as I thought it would be. It's just more, it's a lot of learning. It's mm. a lot, a lot of learning and I'm looking forward for you guys to listen to it. I think he's going to be really excited to actually be on air, but yeah, he's very excited. Yay, amazing. Mm. So definitely check out next week to hear, sorry, I'm sure he has a name. He's not just Sunny. called Kush's dad. <laughs> Sunny, yes. Sunny, Sunny. Sam, oh, that's yeah. such a cool name. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, um, tune in next week to mm. hear from Sunny. Um, but as you mentioned, Kushi, today we're going to look at one person's story so a friend of mine who is an international student 
So I went to her house and I sat down with her because I've known her for two years now, okay. but I actually don't know what the process has been like to get a student visa mm. and what happens when your student visa runs out and, you know, where do you go to for support, that kind of thing. So I went to her, we had a chat and she was very candid. She has decided not to share her name, which That's is okay. totally <laughs> fine. Um, but yeah, so definitely stick around for that. And that will be up after a song that is very dear to all of our hearts. <laughs> yeah. How can it not? It's a Stevie Wonder song, like Happy Birthday by Stevie Wonder. Um, Ayana's actually found a little fun fact that Stevie Wonder wrote Happy Birthday as part of the campaign to get the King's birthday recognised as a national holiday, which is insane. Yeah. Who is, that's like so perfect. The fact that like it's dedicated by Stevie Wonder, that's what makes it really cool. What's your probably your favourite Stevie Wonder song real quick? Um, Sign, seal, deliver. Oh, I'm yours. yes. <laughs> oh, he's just, oh, like I love, I think there's too many to choose from. Probably for me, it's like higher ground. I know that's a classic, but I love him. Beautiful. I love, that. love it. Um, all right. Should we, should we give them a listen? All right. Cool. See you guys very soon.
The Melbourne Documentary Film Festival returns with a huge showcase of the most critically acclaimed documentaries from across the globe. Highlights include opening night film Eternal Spring, bringing to life an unprecedented story of defiance on the 20th anniversary of a TV station hijacking in China, Australia My Home, an Albanian migration, depicting the stories of three generations of Albanian migrants to Australia, and many more. July the 20th to the 31st at Cinema Nova, a 3CR supporter. So I'm coming to you from my friend's living room. So I'm just going to chat to a friend of mine. We're going to look at what the experience has been like being an international student in Australia, just some of the hurdles and why they've continued to apply for visas considering all the issues that have gone on but I thought it'd be good to start from the beginning there's a lot that I don't know about so that's one of the reasons I've got you here today so we'll start from the beginning can you tell me the process for applying for a student visa Mm -hmm. so there's several processes to apply to a student visa and mine will be different from anyone else just because we also have like all different passports and 
So I applied for a student visa with an um, immigration, with a, with a student agent, because that's the easiest way to do it. And I'm quite lazy with paperwork. So, and also because it's a free processes. So usually when you go to like a, a university's website or like a school website, they have um, a list of uh, agents they are working with. And so that just like make, makes it so much smoother because there is a lot of paperwork that you need to provide to the school and most importantly to like the immigration um, services. So yeah, usually you just have like a few back and forth, you pay everything to the agent and then they do everything online for you. So when you say pay for the agent, so you just pay for the agent or do you also pay for the, the cost of the application? I don't know. I think that the agents are getting paid paid by the school because I when I like when I break break down the cost, I, it doesn't seem like they are adding on any any money to the to the total amount. So I'm assuming that uh, most likely the agent is getting like a percentage of like the the school fees and also Every time you you pay the money to the agent, they like completely disappear. Like I've had like three agents since I've moved here, and whenever you would just ask them like the most random question, you know, I mean a question about school, the most simplest question, they would just like not bother replying because you've already paid them. So in their head, like they've done their job. So now you have wow. to deal with the school. Are there avenues for complaints? Is there anyone that you can speak to about that? So I don't think you can speak to anyone because it's like to them, they have provided the service and they have, but you're still a student who has a lot of questions. So to them, they ju- you just need to talk to, the, to your school or ask someone else, you know, but uh, no, so there's no one you can actually talk to. Yeah, so they do the initial process, but if you have follow-up questions, it's not like a long-term relationship. That's what I'm hearing. Yes, they are just gone. <laughs> okay, so you've applied for the process. Sorry, you've applied for the visa. This obviously comes from your own pocket. When it comes to the cost of schooling, do you pay that upfront or is that yeah, so for the cost of the schooling, it's extremely expensive. And first and foremost, you need to pay a deposit for the school before getting your confirmation of enrollment, I think, or your letter of offer. It's one of these two paperwork. But anyways, if you're applying for a new visa, you need to get a letter of offer from the school and you can only get this letter of offer if you have paid the deposit. So the deposit most of the time is like one term cost and just a few like material fees, service fees. And it's always like over a grand just so you <laughs> so just so they know that you're like invested in it and committed, you know, because I guess that a lot of a lot of students might disappear or like maybe if you get a better offer or if you get a job in the meantime, you will just like cancel the school so they want to make sure that they, they, got, they got themselves covered um, and then it depends on the schools I've uh, joined schools where you have to pay everything by in four installments so like if you're doing if you're studying for a year most of the time so I'm only doing tapes because that's what what that's what's the most quote-unquote affordable and they are all around eight to ten thousand dollars a year so you have to drop twenty five 
$100 on the first term. But knowing, keeping in mind that if you're applying for a new visa, so that's just like the money for the school, but you have to pay for your visa. And because you're an international student, you also have to pay for your um, health insurance upfront. And so your health insurance has to cover you for the whole period of your visa, which is most likely over a year. Mm -hmm. So that would be like another grant. Your visa, it's another grant. So mm -hmm. all in all, you're like spending at least like three to four grand upfront. That's a lot. This is the first time I'm hearing this, this from you. And I've known you for like two years now would you say two couple of years more at least. Year, more. okay well i'm sorry <laughs> wow. you made an impression on me towards the end of our friendship wow. no, i'm kidding okay. <laughs> um all right wow so that's a lot of money do you get welfare support lol okay so <laughs> that is definitely in no All right, all right. You're listening to Diaspora Blues, a 3CR radio program. Hope you enjoyed that first little part of the interview. Excited for the next part. And then what happens once your visa runs out? Well, you have the choice. Well, the thing is that when you're applying for a visa, you have to write a, a genuine temporary entrant letter stating that you're only here to study and then you're going to bounce. You know, you're not going to stay in the country. You're very attached to your home country. You have strong ties to you, to your family, your community, home, whatever. Mm. So they really want you to say, to state that you're going to like bounce afterwards. So you're supposed to leave after you finish your studies, but you can also apply for a new student visa or if you're lucky for a skilled visa or you can get sponsored or you can get married. Yeah, these options, but all of them are pretty dreadful. So tell me about the sponsorship. Mm. Oh, the sponsorship. This is, I guess this is like <laughs> the dream for most international students. And this is also something that I'm manifesting. So if anyone is ready to sponsor me, holler at me. Uh, so, <laughs> so <mean. laughs> the thing is that obviously, they, so the government makes it really complicated for uh, companies to sponsor mm. international people. So essentially, if you are, let's say if you run a cafe, right? You run a cafe, you want to sponsor someone in the, working in the kitchen, someone working on the floor. Uh, they would have to, if, if, if it's someone working on the floor, I think they have to be made like manager. But even before thinking about sponsoring them, you have to actually advertise the job to uh, citizens of the, of the country, so like Australian. And you have to really prove that you've searched for like weeks or months for a citizen uh, candidate, but you could not find them. Mm -hmm. And that your only resource was this international person. Right. And then I think you, ha and you also have to pay for, for their sponsorship. And it depends on like the um, which uh, skills they have. Sometimes it's not too expensive. Sometimes it's like a few thousand dollars. Yeah. So it can also be negotiated. A lot of people just like will pay half and half. The boss will pay half, and the person who's applying mm. for the visa will pay pay the for the other half. Yeah. I mean, it sounds fantastic, but I'm guessing there's like hurdles. What kind of issues do you think you might face? Because I know you're interested in sponsorship so is that as straightforward i'd also love for you to speak on 
the fact that certain industries are regarded more highly than other industries? Mm. Well, I haven't really looked into it that deeply, to be honest. It's like mo most of the information that I got was like from people who got sponsored or, tr or tried to get sponsored. And there's also a lot of horror stories in this because... Uh, Some people will get the sponsorship and also when you're so when you're getting sponsored, you have to stay within the same company for at least two years and then you can move on to, with your life. Either stay with the same company or like uh, work for work somewhere else. So I know someone who got sponsored in, in a company and then as soon as they got sponsored, they started to get like really um Uh, emotionally abused by uh, the manager, you know, and so they were able to finally get out of it. But uh, mm. or some other companies would say that uh, they, they've done the paperwork. And so you would like go to work with a free spirit thinking that you've covered, mm. but then the company hasn't done any of their, of, of their job. So they, you will literally have to leave the country within the next week, you know? So... It's uh yeah it's a bit complicated but uh, regarding the different type of industries uh, so there's a um, on the immigration uh, website there's a list of quote unquote skilled um, skilled work and obviously if you're like a doctor if you're like an engineer also if you're like a mime weirdly enough you can What? get yes I mean I looked deeply at this list to see who could get like a skilled visa who might be sponsored in this country and so mimes actors ballet dancers i have nothing against these people but uh, <laughs> they can get a sponsorship but um not uh, within my industry wow like i know mime is a big thing in france i mean that's what i've read <laughs> but like in australia i've never seen a mime outside i know maybe that's why they're trying to get some of that market here they're, they're trying to make <laughs> mime fetch <laughs> Oh, God, that's hilarious. Okay, so we've looked at the process. We've looked at the costs. Um, I know you said that you wouldn't have any advice, but is there a general thing that you can say to people who might be going through what you're going through in terms of, like, I don't know, resilience? Because mm. the system is the system, but mm. are there things that you can do to kind of ease mm. the situation? Ah, that's a good question. Um, something to ease. Well, I guess uh, it's like I'm giving an, an advice that I'm not following myself, obviously. But it would be to just like do it as soon as possible, to not wait the last minute like I always do, because there is a lot of paperwork and it's a lot of money involved. So it's very stressful and you're like, fuck, I need to actually drop a few grams, which I don't have. So it's like, it's, it's, if, you, if you know that your visa is going to run out, if you're not on, the, on a student visa and you're thinking about getting on a student visa, start thinking about it at least six months ahead. And also regarding the schools, because obviously those TAFE courses, most of them are extremely dodgy. So you really want to like talk to someone who's actually in the school. Do not talk to the sales agent, to the marketing agency from the school, even the teachers. Most of them are casual and they really don't give a shit. So you really need to talk about, to talk with the students who have done like a certificate, diploma or whatever, and to actually see um, if it's for you or not, because most, most of the schools really don't care about you. They just see you as like a walking wallet.
So that was my beautiful, beautiful friend who will go anonymous. Thank you so much for yeah, giving us a glimpse into the student visa system. Um, so one thing that stuck out to me is the precariousness of the situation. Mm. So student visa applications, I noticed um, for my friend and just from readings, the process is so lengthy. The wait times are so long. Um, there's an article that I read and I also found out yes, that Kushi read I as know. well. <laughs> um, the article, it's an SBS article by Akash Arora. And the numbers that they listed are very depressing. So they said as of June of this year, there are 74,700 offshore student visa applications and over 69,700 onshore student visa applications waiting to be processed by the department. And for anyone that has ever had to you know, do applications and that kind of thing, you know how stressful it is. You know how... Mm you know, um, just kind of frustrating it can be. So you can only imagine if you're doing applications where there's money tied Mm. behind it as well. So, yeah, um, we were going to play a song, but maybe we could skip that one Mm. and just play the one by Emily. By Emily, for sure, Yeah, for sure. Um, But before we do, obviously check out next week yes definitely i feel like it's really on theme in terms of like people coming from overseas and coming into australia so i'm really excited shout out to dad everyone please get around it he's gonna be really excited to hear your feedback all right now we're playing is it cruising is that correct Mm -hmm. beautiful cruising by emily here we go But to let go of you would be my day How is your family? How are your friends? Every little tear that I trickle Oh, I see it all come to an end Yeah, we're cruising Packing up our bags, we're moving Listen to our favorite song to you all night long. And it's night time, catch another break and unwind. I'll be there with you, with you, real soon. How is your night going? How is your world shining? Does it win? Does it how? Does it blow just for you? I won't refuse nothing And I won't abuse nothing Will I ever get the chance to know the real you? I'm cruising Packing up our bags, we're moving Listen to our favorite song to you all night long And it's night time 
catch another break in a night I'll be there with you Listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.